0: Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast,
1: can we collect some donations <laughs> so that Arch <ours> can get <laughs> yeah. shows Please, so I can right. get <laughs> PayPal him a couple of dollars and let's make well, it happen.
2: I thought I could go door to door and do reviews that way.
0: <laughs> I like that on demand. Two
2: sh- <laughs> yeah, two shows for five dollars. The
0: Arch Campbell podcast, featuring Arch, Lou, Katz, and a cast of thousands, begins now. <laughs>
2: Again, everybody, I'm Arch Campbell, and here we are with yet another episode in the never-ending quest to keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. And boy, howdy is it! And uh, our great producer Lou Katz is in the control room. Thank you. Swirling the knobs.
3: You you like my new commander's football costume. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. uh, Uniform him. The commanders. Is is it real?
2: Is it commanders? Commanders. Is is that official? That's
3: that's as official as
2: it gets, (laughs) Arch. It's not a joke? No.
1: Wasn't that...
2: The team's a joke, but the name is official now.
1: What was the commander? It was like a... Commander
2: um, Salamander.
1: Something, something <laughs> like that. But there was a, a superhero kind of guy, Commander or something.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, you are hearing the voice of one of our guests today. She is, of course, Susan Wazena. For many years, the uh, film critic for USA Today, now part of the team at Gold Derby and RogerEbert.com. And welcome, Susan. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Hi. Right.
2: I should add, incidentally, we're talking about the Washington football team, which went to great lengths to announce their new name, which everyone thinks stinks.
3: Hello, this, this is Bill, and I just want to add that um, I want to hear the first person to try to fit commanders in the fight song for the,
2: for the Redskins. Hail to the commanders. Hail to the commanders. And that, of course, is Bill Newcott. Chief critic at one time for AARP, inventor of the phrase "movies for grownups," now reviewing for the Saturday Evening Post, and here we are, Lou, Susan, Bill, and uh, and here we go. So, shall we start with? I think ladies first is always uh, a good way to go.
1: There's no lady here, <laughs> 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 just me. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Commander uh, lady. All right, go ahead.
2: Susan, (laughs) what are you watching?
1: I am watching a lot of stuff that is kind of irksome in a way, because um, I've been trying to hang on to the Sex and the City. Um, (laughs) And just like that, it's like... It's just like, that is just not good. It, it's <laughs> not, I mean, wow. people have been complaining, like the golden girls were in their eighties or sixties or whatever, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of fun, but apparently when you're 50, it isn't any fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess that's why I t- took away with it, but I'm going to stick in there just to see how bad it gets. At is the- it a every, limited every- series,
3: Susan? Or is it, is it, uh, is it um, like I, they want to go forever again?
1: I don't know, it's going to be like, I don't know how many episodes, usually they're like seven to 10 or something, but I'm keeping up with it, you know, and then it sounds like a downer. Yes, it is, it is because they killed off Chris Knoth because he's not a nice man. (laughs) So. I don't know what you do with your script when that happens. <laughs> you have to oh. kick him out. You call him the commander, too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um I am also watching um Showtime has this four part takedown of Bill Cosby. Yeah. And uh, it's gotten a lot of him. attention. Yeah. And
3: uh, thank goodness they're finally coming down on Bill Cosby after all this time.
1: I know, but it makes everybody sad because we fell for it and he was horrible. Even from the beginning, when he started, he was horrible. Not just when you know he got real stardom and stuff on TV. Susan, did you
3: ever interview Bill Cosby?
1: No, and I think I, I'm glad I I have never. <laughs> Bill, did
3: you? I did. I did a, a NPR interview for for some reason, strange series of events. I ended up doing an NPR half hour with 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 Bill Cosby about almost 20 years ago, and. Um, you know, I, I, feel, I feel sorry now I left the, co- left the room and left my cup of coffee there with him because uh, oh yeah, he could have dropped something in there and I would have had a whole different story to tell.
1: Right, right. You would sell it to a in yeah. tabloid.
2: How, how was your experience? Well, did you feel controlled the whole time you were with Cosby? No,
3: I, he, was, he was, this was back when everyone loved Bill Cosby, so it was easy uh-huh. to love Bill Cosby and to have a great you know, conversation. And then after the interview, he just stuck around and chatted for a while. Huh. At a studio up in New York. And uh, no, it was, it was a great experience.
2: <laughs> I interviewed him at Wolf Trap about, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago. And it started with uh Wolf Trap calls, said, Do you want to interview him? I said, yes, sure. Fine. And then his uh, agent called me and kind of debriefed me, kind of shook me down. What are you going to ask him? What are oh. you going to talk about? and then once we got going he started talking and i never i couldn't get a word in edgewise and and i came away with kind of a bad taste in my mouth and i didn't quite know why and then all of this stuff came out yeah so that monica hess is a uh, columnist in the washington post who writes about women and i kind of feel like she's really finding her voice and she has uh, an interesting column on him and, uh, you know, the mixed emotions you have because he means so much, particularly to black culture, and made so much possible. And yet, what do you do?
3: A Monica is an old colleague of mine at AARP. She was an intern for us at AARP back in the day. So and you it's changed
1: Hesse, her. It's, it's Hesse. <laughs> <Hessa>. <laughs> Hesse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so are you finding it a downer Susan
1: Oh it's just it's was the first episode they're you know they're going to put them up there're four of them and mm. so but i you know i grew up on him i mean i used to go to you know sleepovers and we would listen to his albums and and like laugh until we couldn't laugh anymore you know the one with his brother right. Yeah.
3: Russell, my brother, who I slept with.
1: Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> but then I did watch the whole Jan Jackson documentary, which was on um Lifetime this um uh, yeah. weekend. And she says her brother didn't do anything with these kids. Yeah. No, that she said yeah. he, he, he did no, he didn't do it.
2: <laughs> uh. I, I everything I hear is that that is uh, not particularly uh,
1: incisive.
2: And uh, inc- yes, thank you.
1: And even when you you know they're you know, we're trying to connect it to the Super Bowl, but they didn't, you know, because of her thing with the mm-hmm. whole thing with the Timberlake and all that. But it wasn't it didn't give you any new thoughts. You know about her. I mean, it, there's been rumors about her having this one baby when she was younger with this uh, Dupri. I think it was his uh, her agent or something. You know, taking care of her. And I don't know. You know, these people aren't like us. <laughs> I always have a lot of.
3: You know. you know, it's that it's that curtain of celebrity. You have you have like people like Cosby and Michael Jackson and, and Polanski, you know, these people who are just universally admired. And then someone steps from behind the curtain and says, you should see what's back here because mm. you'd be. Oh,
2: no, does that? <laughs> Bill, uh, let's jump in. What are you
3: watching? Uh, well, first, I want to tell you my Susan story. Oh, this, because this, it's, it's very timely. You have right a history now, together. <laughs> This very... We have a history. <laughs> Add me to Cosby. that kind of history. <laughs> uh, 20 years ago, this very month, we launched Movies for grownups at AARP. And the first year we did it, my editor, Hugh Delahanty, did not trust me or the staff to know what movies were out there, any, any, if there were any good movies. They didn't think we saw enough movies. So we hired Susan, and I think we hired Mike oh. Clark also, mm. to to give us the, the first pass list of movies that would be considered for, for the first Movies for Grown Ups Awards. So a belated thank you, because it was uh, today that it's 20 years later, and now in a couple of weeks it'll be on their, their annual uh, Great Performances uh, telecast on, on PBS, and uh, it grew to be quite a, a franchise. But uh, the first year, our, first, our, our best movie for Grown Ups was a movie called Lantana, Remember that film? Would you mind telling me what happened last night? I got home around midnight. The car wasn't here. How's your marriage been like, Legion? It's fine. How's yours? Up and down. Yeah. Oh.
1: That was, that okay. was a, a plant.
3: Yeah, and, and it was uh, an Australian film.
1: But was it Andy?
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's his name? A <laughs> <So> circus? <close. laughs> no, no. An uh, Australian yeah. actor who was on uh, a, a, a US TV show with an American accent. Anthony mm. Paglia yeah yeah uh was the star of that film was yeah 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 it, yeah, it was the, the first honoree okay 20 years I, ago i
1: don't know you
3: know i'm thinking of re uh titling this
2: podcast what was that guy's name <laughs> <laughs> uh what's the name of that movie again <laughs> what was that called
1: yeah <laughs> so I don't think it went down in history it wasn't a bad film but no, I don't know why we
3: would be well on second thought thanks thanks for nothing (laughs) (laughs) so what are you watching well you know I'm finally watching Succession I have a tendency to catch up a show has to run three to four years minimum before I'll start watching it to know it has legs you know (laughs) And I'm, I'm just loving every second of that. Brian, Brian Cox is, a, is amazing. Although Alan Ruck will always be the guy from Ferris Bueller. Right. Of me. That car. But, uh, <laughs> I watched a movie this past week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still arching, and we all get those, those screeners at the end of the year, the Academy Award screeners. And you and I, we all got this movie called Titana. Titana is a French yeah. film. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Have That's you watched it? the car. Have you watched it? <laughs> I, I finally got that far no. down on the di- on my stack of movies.
2: It's about uh, let's see uh, if I'm let's correct. See how you, let's
3: see how you tell the story. You're the host. A
2: woman has sex with a car. Yes. And Titana is born.
3: <laughs> That's sort is of. Is that it? She, well, she's Titana. Actually, <laughs> Titana has sex with the car and gets pregnant. And the movie kind of follows her pregnancy, where during which she murders brutally enormous numbers of people. Just for looking at her, and and um, and you're wondering, you know, is she is she. Is she the, the, it won the Palm Door at at Cannes, yeah. the director.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And, Have you uh, seen it, Susan? Uh,
1: no, I knew I would not be happy watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I mean, I I was in, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? a George Romero film as a zombie extra. Okay. Oh, so I, I, I do like horror films, but I don't like excessive horror films. Yeah. I like them to have some kind of.
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's a crazy driving narrative. And I think it's like exhibit a for the argument that a, a skilled filmmaker can take you anywhere they want to go and, and just take you along for the ride because my wife and I were sitting in this very room on that, that TV back there watching <laughs> this thing. And we're saying, why are we still watching this? Well, we have to see what happens next. Right. What <laughs> is going to happen? And it's a, she's a very skilled filmmaker. So it's, um,
2: is I it can't a say nice I recommend car? it, but I, but I
3: wouldn't say don't watch it.
2: Is the car nice? The
3: car. The car doesn't even call her later. That's the trouble. <laughs>
1: so what was the car that um, Steven? Um,
3: yeah, wait, Christine. Oh, Crash. Christine. Christine.
2: Christine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Christine and Crash, right. Yeah. Yeah
3: it's on amazon you can watch you can you can stream it
2: i keep reading references to it and i read good things about it but i'm kind of with susan i just haven't quite prepared i'm the not quite the, the same world
1: <laughs> you know that we were watching before so it's like it's scary out there these uh, days i think uh, but
2: not with you guys. But, <laughs> but when, are you recommending but,
1: uh, it? Who, me? In a
3: bizarre oh, sort of way, yes, I am recommending it. So long as you know what you're getting into when you go in. I had no idea. I knew it was about it. It's, it she starts, at, If you read the description of the film, the official description of the film is the girls in a car accident she gets a titanium plate in her head. And then, you know, havoc ensues. And that's sort of the story. Oh. But, but the mm. havoc ensues is the, is the last hour and 50 minutes of, of the movie. Um, but again, it's a masterfully made film. Really, really, really good. What I am recommending is Cyrano, which is uh, coming to theaters next right. week. Yeah. Which I is, saw
1: that. Yes.
3: Uh, Peter Dinklage is brilliant in that film. Pleasure to meet you, Cyrano de Bergerac.
0: You're a freak. I need something to die for, right home. And cry for and i won't be ashamed
2: yet another musical uh based on cyrano de berger yeah Cyr- yeah of yeah. course yeah
3: i i didn't know it's weirdly i didn't know it was a musical when i when i, well, I Han, but i always knew you know he has that fantastic voice i always figured peter dinklage could sing and he really he's really really good have
0: you ever wanted
2: something so badly you cannot breathe have you ever loved someone madly they
1: should name him the sexiest man alive i swear to god
2: yeah yeah really he's yeah yeah uh is there an audience for Cyrano uh not that much
1: (laughs) <laughs> Not if
3: it doesn't have Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear how Peter I, Dinklage is in, in, in like, kind of like hot water now over, the, over you- the Snow White remake?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. Because he
3: said, hey, how, you know, dwarves, really? After all I've been going through, has my, has my career meant nothing? So then Disney says, okay, okay, we're doing magical creatures. So then like there's a union of small actors who, who said, yeah. wait a minute. That, that was a perfect employment opportunity for us. Now you're, now you're taking that away from us?
1: Yeah. Well, so you can't Warwick um, Davis, the guy, he has a, he, I've interviewed him. He was, you know, in many, like, you know, sci-fi movies early on. And uh, he had an agency that took care of very large people and very small people. Because when Lord of the Rings came out, they were mad. They they protested that they didn't use really the, mm-hmm. you know people. They they had stand-ins for the actors, but they didn't hire. So you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So they made it <laughs> oh
2: my! I uh, gave myself a treat because uh, I had read about a documentary that came out about Boris Karloff, uh, which is on Amazon. It's Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster. And I think it cost me uh, (laughs) $2.89 to uh, download it. And it's got all of his clips and it goes through his career. Uh, The uh, production values aren't the best in it. But the thing that got me interested in movies was um, watching Frankenstein as a Mm. kid. You can show that image to almost anyone in the world. What's this? Frankenstein. In recent years, three or four years ago, I was at the AFI with Count Gore Duvall, our dear friend, (laughs) who showed uh, the original Frankenstein. And it's quite good, and Damn. Boris Karloff is quite impressive uh, in seeing. You know, and he's he the, the, he says he played the character as uh, an innocent who was confused and afraid mm-hmm. and a little angry. And uh, it's it's a, a lovely uh, piece of work. Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster. I got it on Amazon. The interesting thing that I picked up is he was born in India, and they imply that his father was uh, Indian, uh, an Indian diplomat, and uh, he wanted to suppress that because of the times. Mm. And in the late 50s, uh, his friend Ralph Edwards uh, put him on This Is Your Life, Mm. And he hated being on there. And they show a freeze frame of him when uh, it's apparent that the broadcast is going to be about him. And he's just glaring at his <laughs> wife. Like, How did you let this happen? So uh, that's kind of interesting. Are you watching The the Gilded Age?
3: Can I, mean, I just, just say something about about uh, Boris Karloff? Because I've seen that that, that film too. Oh, and yeah, there's a yeah. clip, there's a little clip of... Um, from Targets, his last film, Peter Bogdanovich yeah. directed. Oh.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and you don't have to watch the whole movie. You can go on YouTube. He does a minute and a half monologue, just telling a story. Uh, and, and Bogdanovich starts at the other side of the room with a camera and just slowly tracks in. And at the, by the end of the... It's perfectly timed. By the end of the story, Carlos' face is filling this uh, the frame. Uh, but it is some of the most compelling two minutes of film you'll ever see. Just hit... Just, Karloff telling a story. And it reminds you what a great actor he was. And he's a great actor who almost never had a great part in his career. You know, had one and or that two was great him, roles. a
2: very, very old man uh, yeah. in pain with a bad back. And, uh, you know, it's, if you like old movies like I do, it's kind of a treat. So now speaking of old, is anybody watching The Gilded Age on HBO?
1: Well, it's the first episode was, uh, I mean, I hate yeah. when they, they stretch out the episodes. I wanted to just right. go yeah. swoop and get out of my life and move on to the next <laughs> one. So, but no, they have to go, but there's this other show. It's not as good as Downton Abbey. I mean, it no. just isn't. No. And why is, um? what's her name? She's in Sex and the City too. Uh, Cynthia. Nixon? oh
2: cynthia nixon
1: yeah she's everywhere what is this uh you
2: she's know, like in
1: three shows she, or something <laughs> she,
2: she got the word <laughs> it feels like downton abbey light uh and the first episode i watched and i decided it was <coughs> not very good no and then i watched the next episode and i figured out okay i mean i guess the first time i watched downton abbey I didn't like it. And it's very lightweight stuff. Uh, The music sounds the same. The lines sound the same. Everything is the same, but you know, maybe, maybe I'll get used to it. I don't know.
3: This is why Uh, I wait three seasons to watch a TV show. uh, Exactly. Yeah. Now
2: I got tired of Succession. I know you're watching Succession and Mm -hmm. I kind of like the early seasons, (laughs) but now that it's in the fourth season, I'm kind of done with it.
3: Oh, that happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I
1: love the first two seasons. I'm like you. I came to it late, so I binged watched everything. And the second season is great when every you know the guy dies in the. River and all. Please that. don't
3: tell me. I, I'm only on season one. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Okay. No one dies. <laughs> Who dies in, in the
3: river? river? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one that you all care about.
3: <laughs> There's a
1: river? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, want... I thought the third season was very repetitive. They mm-hmm. do the same things over and over again, they say the same right. swear words. Yeah. Over and over and over. And as much as I like Mr. Calkin, I I just, it's just, there's something that gives me like the heebie-jeebies about all those people. Yeah. I guess it's the, you know, what they're supposed to be.
3: I haven't run into a character I like on that show yet. Does that get better? Like I kind of like the oldest son, but the, the the, the one who takes over the company, but they're all pretty despicable.
2: Pretty soon they turn you against all of them.
0: (laughs) Yes.
2: But but I don't want to give anything away.
1: Well, it doesn't look like it's fun to be rich. That's a weird thing. Thank goodness.
2: And uh, allegedly, the Gilded Age wants to play off of that as the people who created the people who became uh, the stars of succession. But I don't know. Uh, I want to bring up the middle-aged late-in-life success that everyone seems to be talking about on broadcast television and that is jeopardy what are your thoughts on jeopardy are you are you all watching
1: of course i'm
3: because not watching i
1: realize it's my duty as someone who's of AARP age I need to get into this because that's what you end up doing, and then you <laughs> fall asleep after you, watch you feel a fortune. Doing your wordle, doing
3: your wordle puzzle at the same time.
1: Right, exactly. Do you know the word yesterday was those? They sold it to the New York Times. Okay, mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. And they are saving up better words, I think, for the New York Times because. I said, those? (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not a word. That's just a thing between
0: us.
1: (laughs) So, anyway, that's funny. I
2: understood that Jeopardy was the highest rated show uh, on television during the last week in December. And, you know, they had this uh, trans woman, Amy Schneider. Uh, who uh, was on for 40 days and seems to be incredibly smart, and now is sort of a star in her own right.
0: You know, I, I'm not gonna pretend I didn't think I could do good, but this has just been so much better than I, than I thought I would do, uh, that it's really hard, hard to say what it means yet. I don't know. You
2: know, maybe Jeopardy is the perfect thing for this time where we're kind of uh, hesitant to go outside
3: yes could be i i i, I gotta admit when, when alex left i stopped watching it because i they were all in the uh the runner-up thing who, who's yeah, the next yeah, host and yeah i thought that was kind of and then when the the producer appointed himself right. host, i thought okay i've had it with jeopardy so I, I i guess i need to get back to it so who's hosting now ken jennings
1: my mba came back again and okay. she's and gonna it, do this college thing but i don't know when that starts and i don't really care but <laughs> so they
2: alternate between Mayim and Ken Jennings. And yep. uh, Mayim, they say, and now the host. And when Ken Jennings comes out, they say hosting. So she's oh. kind of uh, in a little oh. higher. It's, it's a media year to listen for that kind of stuff. Ruined some careers. They, could, they certainly <laughs> ruined uh, uh, Mike uh, Richards, uh, yeah. the producer. Uh, they ruined Aaron Rodgers for me. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for him. It turns out there's more to him than we want to discuss. Uh, so I I just think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Jeopardy. Uh, any any thoughts on award season? There were a bunch of award nominations that came out this week.
1: Yes. You know it's well. Well, actually, uh, the Oscar nominations are going to be next um, Tuesday, the eighth. Mm. It's slow. Uh, it was a small voting period. I don't know that kept it very tight because usually it goes on a little bit more. But I have to write about these things, so it's okay. don't you get a sense?
3: Don't you get a sense that there is so much content out there? There's yeah. so much being made that it's really just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing that what sticks. Because I mean, I mean, I still think Belfast is the best movie of the year. But who remembers Belfast? In, right. in the fog, well, in, in the swarm of locust, you know, shows and, and movies and everything's eligible anymore because they, they throw it in a the theater for a week. I'd, I'm finding it hard to, fo- maybe it's age, but I'm finding it hard to focus <clears throat> on, oh, oh what, what's the front runner this year? Well, the front runner is whatever is the flavor of the week, it seems like. Yeah. Well, it has less to do with, is really, really good than what's yeah. you know getting the buzz.
1: Well, I do think Jane Campion might I mean, I like both of those movies, but...
2: Power of the Dog.
1: Yeah. Mm. And, and um, I'm
2: feeling that the Power of the Dog, uh, is, as time goes on, is being forgotten.
1: No, 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 no. You don't think not, so? No. I mean, okay. I read all this stuff, okay? <laughs> it's right in there. And because it got... It didn't get the SAG ensemble, which is always something that you want to get. But they nominated three of the the people in the cast so you know and like green book didn't win the sag ensemble and you know all this stuff so you know it it, it's comes down to who is most deserving and i think jane campion given that she was the second woman to be nominated for a director's oscar and Mm -hmm. She did win for her script for uh, the piano, but she hasn't won a, another Oscar. I mean, she's been nominated, but
2: who did win the SAG Ensemble?
1: Oh, they didn't win or... it yet. They, they haven't announced it.
2: So I guess it's Belfast and
1: West yeah. Side Story. Yes. Well. And, uh, yeah.
2: What else? Coda maybe.
1: Yes, Coda.
2: You know, oh, I'm there's really a movie
3: fond there. of I'm Coda. Lost
1: yeah no 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 it's not it's gonna get nominated because (laughs) they want (laughs) to feel good about themselves that they're gonna give awards to deaf people okay (laughs) 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 nothing wrong with that okay and i'm all for having people represent whatever they represent. You sound a little
3: bit like Bill Murray in that old Saturday Night skit when he'd do about the nominations. He'd have the chart up and he'd, he'd go through the, the calculations all. <laughs> well. For best actor, Bobby Benini. Well, I don't think so. The Italians don't rule Hollywood anymore. They never did, but they did have that one great week when the guy got the horse head in the bed. Uh, then we got uh, Ian McKellen. He's a British guy playing a gay guy, which is, you know, just too much of a stretch. Uh, I, I, you know, a British actor playing gay. I don't buy it. I don't think the Academy's gonna buy it. Uh, Ed Norton carved a swastika in his chest for his nomination. Academy's gotta respect that, but I don't think they are giving the award. I think they just wanna hang with him and party with him. They think he's a neat guy. Nothing to do with whether the movies are any good, but, but where, where, they, where, where they stood on the uh, social scale.
1: Right, right. <laughs>
2: Anybody see uh, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window on No, Netflix? I got bored
0: by the title. <laughs> the truth is that I drink a lot. And sometimes I mix it with pills.
2: And I'm here because I woke up this morning convinced I'd witnessed a murder. Someone's got to believe me. And she has a serious drinking problem.
0: Uh, red or white? Oh, no thank you. I don't drink wine anymore.
3: I'll have a vodka. I Are, just read about that last yet. night. They said it's the most it's the most popular show on Netflix right now, but I haven't is watched it. it.
2: Uh, you know, I watched one episode, okay. and okay, I get it. It's a it's a parody, and uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh one episode is fine. <laughs> the after party. Anybody watching the after party? Tiffany Haddish.
3: No. <laughs> yeah, same Bueller, thing. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, she. I. I don't have it,
1: anything against her. I don't have anything. Uh, to give her. So <laughs> she's fine.
2: You know, what I really liked was uh, Only Murders in the Building. Yes, it's going to have a second season. Yes. And uh, this, The After Party, which is Tiffany Haddish and said there's a high school reunion and some big star is killed and she's investigating it's, you know, it plays off of that. And this not nearly as good.
1: Well, how can I'm, you beat Martin Short and Steve no, Martin. No, you can't. And Steve Martin at the end when he was left in the the elevator and he couldn't. Uh, move. <laughs> it was just such wonderful physical comedy. It was like I was just laughing my ass off.
3: <laughs> well, those are two guys, and that's, and that's like that goes as uh, uh, great movies uh, and great TV. Yeah, with TV, it's people who you just want to be in the room with, and Steve Martin and Martin Short are those two people. And they're big
2: buddies. They like each other, which is nice. Speaking of people who like each other, Lou Katz (laughs) is in the control room, and uh, he makes this show possible. And he's, of course, the classic radio voice from the great days of Wash FM and other stations. And uh, now he's the president of Hound Radio. (laughs) Woof. Take it away, Lou.
3: Hey, Arch, (laughs) have you ever concerned? (laughs) Are you concerned about body size? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about on, on us humans. I'm talking about on your pets, your dogs. Oh. Here, check this out. Hound Radio
2: pauses the music for another wonderful look into the world of dogs with Faith Lapidus.
0: Dogs come in more sizes than any other mammal on Earth, but they're all descended from wolves, so how did that happen? A genetic mutation, of course, but it took a long time for researchers to find it. Analyzing the genomes of more than 1,400 canids, wolves, coyotes, and ancient and modern dogs, researchers found a variant in one gene that's involved in size. It comes in two versions, or alleles. The allele associated with small body size was older, and found in modern coyotes, foxes, and small wolves, as well as ancient canids excavated from sites around the Mediterranean. The large variant is a relatively recent mutation, which the researchers suggest emerged during the Ice Age by natural selection in wolves that lived in colder climates. Being big is an advantage if you're living in ice and snow. Both versions are circulating among today's dogs, the small ancestral allele is still found in toy breeds, and big dogs have two copies of the large variant. Mix and match, and we get the teacup Chihuahuas and Great Danes we have today. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio.
2: Howard Hessman passed away this week, age 81. A beloved actor, remembered on WKRP in Cincinnati. Baby,
0: if you ever wondered,
2: wondered whatever became of me you're listening to the Johnny Caravella show on WKRP in Cincinnati. And now it's time to listen to one of my personal favorites. It's the Hallelujah Tabernacle Choir with their beautiful rendition of You're Having My Baby. <laughs> you're having my baby. Lou, I know you must have thoughts on this because anybody who ever worked in radio loved that show. They really captured the uh, earlier generation, I thought.
3: Oh, Johnny Fever, are you kidding? He was great. He was, yeah. It's. I, I just can't believe that Howard Hessman was 81. I mean, mm-hmm. really?
2: I mean, it's like, he, where did the time go? He's frozen in our minds as uh, Johnny Fever of, uh, Susan, Bill, thoughts well, that's on what, Howard yeah, about
3: When you talk about it, he was frozen in time because he, he had a successful acting career after that, but he'd always turn up. And I, th- that's the problem with television and creating indelible characters like that, mm-hmm. because uh, he was in our homes all those years as that guy. right? And it is hard to get away from that. It's not like he struggled to find work for the rest of his life. But here we are. Is it 40 years later now? And we're still saying, oh, yeah, he was Johnny Fever. <laughs> on the tv show that was only on for like two what, WKRB was only on for like two seasons wasn't it? maybe three
2: maybe uh, three
3: yeah it was, it, a, it,
1: it was a more adult comedy because you know there were all the beverly hillbillies and bewitched and all these you know so it seemed that it was on the edge of being more real yeah. than what they were giving us
3: i mean talking about it, i mean funny you mentioned beverly Hillbillies because it makes, always makes me think of irene ryan who makes me think of uh, Washington D.C. Uh, theater because there were awards named after her. The really? Who would have played Granny? The Irene Ryan Awards. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're for, for oh. actors. Yeah, for, I think for young teenage actors. Oh, huh. that's sweet. Wow. Yeah.
1: Her family wow. used to set that. <laughs>
2: Well, what shall we recommend this weekend? We've really kind of throttled a lot of
1: things. <laughs> well, I, if I can get through the woman in the house across the street with a horse and a girl and whatever, <laughs> if I can get through the title, I'll, I'll watch that, I would. Well,
3: this is the problem with January. Remember January used to be the dead zone? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little less so that I guess now because because TV has to generate viewers all year, all year round. But this is when they you, you you'd see a movie opening January fifth, and you'd say, "Well, I'm missing that movie. I don't care what yeah, it's about or yeah, how yeah. good it looks. It's not going to be any good at all."
1: Have you gone to a theater bill at all to see? Movie?
3: Um, not for a little while, no. Yeah, yeah.
1: my uh, as I keep telling people, my last theater experience was Cats back. Before.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: Cats. <laughs> That's, yes well, oh that'll chase you from a the theater you'll never well you'll never go
1: yeah back. yeah it brings its own kind of disease
3: <laughs> i have gone to a matinee
2: about yeah. five times and i have never been in an audience of more than eight people mm-hmm. and uh i've been pretty selective i went to uh licorice pizza at the afi and uh my friend and I and one other person watched in the 800-seat theater. So
1: <laughs> I would say
2: that in the short term, there's hope. Right. <laughs> I think I'm going to recommend the Boris Karloff documentary, The Man Behind the Monster. It's interesting, fun to watch, and uh, Golden Age stuff.
1: And cheap Golden Age, <laughs> yeah. three
2: bucks. Not 20. What more do you want? <laughs> okay. uh, we're wrapping up out of time. Uh, Bill Newcott of um, Saturday Somebody, Evening Post. Someplace. Thanks, uh, and you'll be delivering the Saturday Evening <laughs> yeah, Post right. this Saturday. <laughs> Bill Newcott of Saturday Evening Post. Always great talking to you, Susan Bosenna of uh, Roger Ebert and Gold Derby. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We shall return next week.
3: Yeah, we'll be
0: back next week. Thanks again for listening. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a pod cats.